2: Past performance may not be indicative of future results. from the advisor or any other investment professional.
0: Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216 945 That's 216-9010 WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, bowlingtoncapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington.
3: Well, welcome back. The, uh, always busy as usual. And uh you know I was just looking this uh quickly and to see where the S&P 500 was relative to its former all-time high. It's actually still below the all-time high that it hit in January, I'm sorry, uh, February. No, 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 It was I'm looking at the map wrong, I or the, the graph wrong, it was actually December of 2021, okay? and about 8% higher in December of 2021 than it is now. And, uh, and it was down quite a bit, uh, about 25, actually closer to 28% from peak to trough. And uh, that's, a, uh, that's a big drop. And when it doesn't come right back up, you know, people are getting really um, nervous. I've, I've been getting a lot of nervousness. A couple of things I'd like to point out about that. The economy's been on a tear. It's been on a rampage. The all-time high sales and profits of the S and P 500 have been hit this year, and people go, "Well, why would you know? Why was the market down then? Why not? Why hasn't it made all that back up?" Because it's ahead of itself. <laughs> it really didn't belong where it was back in 2021 in December, and uh, if actually if it gets back there, it'll be slightly overvalued again. So that's that's. Approximately how much it was overvalued. If we get, went back to the same prices that it was in December 2021, the market would be more overvalued than it is today. And it's, it's not that bad today. When Given the growth rates, particularly in technology, I mean, it is mind boggling how some of these companies are just putting in quarter after quarter, you know, 10, 15% sales growth, which is. Phenomenal. When your sales go up, your fixed expenses don't go up as quickly, so your profits go up faster. Which means profit growth has been in the uh, low to mid teens. Um, wow. So when you're hearing uh, when you're getting upset, there's not a lot to be upset about on the uh, on the health of the economy. Could it slow down? Yeah. And, and by the way, it's going to slow down. It, it never stays on the. Path that that's just straight, and uh, but um, worrying about it doesn't help a lot. In fact, the email that I send out uh, every other week—sometimes uh, I send it out every week—it depends on uh, how how much work I've been able to get done that week, actually. So, but one of the articles was taking the stress out of financial planning, and this showed up in Forbes. Uh, and, uh, so, um, I typically send out about four or five articles, but every other week and I just go through and pick them. I have a service that says, Hey, here's what the public is reading. This is what they have interest in right now. And so I get to select from those and then I send those out. So if you would like to be on that list and just go to my website, it's BullingtonCapital.com and sign up. It's free. Uh, and, I'll just put you on the list, and by the way, nobody calls you um, if you, unless you specifically ask to be called, and you can do that. You know, it's actually how I've met an awful lot of people, uh, especially since the pandemic, I haven't been able to do any seminars. Uh, the uh, people just go on and look at the articles, and, and there's no problem about just getting the information for free. That that's completely all right, and you know. I have a tough time calling back the people that want to talk to me. (laughs) As you can imagine, but uh, I wonder if they'll ever uh, have a a phone that you can implant in your ear. (laughs) Uh, I'm just kidding. Okay, so I actually got a really uh, quick call now. Jason, and uh, Jason, you're on the Bullington Capital Report.
4: Hey, hey, Bill. I have a question for you. so I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, Treasury yield, the, the one uh, the the one year two year three year, um, mm-hmm. and and what I I'm hoping you can explain something to me. So sure. the the SHY is an ETF that tracks the one one to three year, and it's paying right, right now a dividend yield of about three point one four percent. Okay, but when I go out and I actually look at the at the individual, um, the individual bond yields for for those uh, one, you know, two, three year, they're significantly higher. They're in the five. Uh, yes. you know, if you were to buy a treasury, a one year, a two year, I mean, you know, they're 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 in the five. Even I don't know what a three year is, but I mean, a five year is four point four. So it's less than it's more than that. So why are these ETFs and these and these bond funds? Why why are they not paying closer to what the bonds are if you were to buy them individually? And I see it on the corporate side as well. It's a big disparity when you when you try to buy an ETF for like corporate bonds compared if you were to buy them individually for that same duration. That's my question. It's it's, it's apples to apples, and especially with the treasury. I mean, there's no there's no way around that. How how come there's a big and they get an expense ratio on top of it? So they're making money on the on the with the expense ratio. Can you explain to me why there's why the ETFs the bonds don't pay as much
3: as the as buying the bonds individually? Yeah, what you're looking at is a mirage. <laughs> no, well, it, it's actually the way that they have to report that. They don't report the yield that if, if you were a new investor and you held it for a year. Okay, that is reported. Actually, that's called the SEC yield. And that is a uh, uh, you're going to notice that that is as high as current interest rates are, but they don't often publish that. They, they typically can only publish or only do publish. I'm just looking at Yahoo Finance now, and I pulled up SHY for you. The, um, they're showing the yield of 2.31. Well, that's what it paid in the last 12 months, and interest rates have gone up since then quite a bit. So, and, and uh, I'm glad you reminded me of this because I, I keep meaning to talk about that and explain that to people because I know you're not the only one out there that's uh, having those questions. And, uh, uh, but that's basically the answer is you want to look up and try to find the SDC yield on a fund. And uh, that will tell you if you were to hold that for a year and the interest rate. Stayed the same. That's what the yield would be. Okay, that's that's going to be much more accurate than the, the numbers that you get. Uh, you know, at, on Yahoo Finance, right? I'm looking at it. It's got a 2.31 percent yield, and uh, that's like I said, that's looking at the past 12 months and and telling you how much that's yielded over that time period. Does that make sense?
4: It makes sense. I know what you're talking about. That it looks back 12 months, but and the SEC is the uh, last uh, 30 days. But we're I, I don't, I guess I've looked at a couple different places, and I'm trying to find something for SHY that's showing the SEC yield. I don't see it. Yeah, let's see.
3: I'm going to see. I can, you can I go to
4: Dividend.com. Dividend.com has it at 3.14. Um, so it's a little higher, but I mean,
3: BlackRock has it, but their their site, is you have to have um, TRD. That's a number that your registration with the SEC as an advisor, uh, and they they won't let anybody that aren't advisors in there. Um, But uh, you could find it there. You can actually call the fund companies. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what the... uh, Yeah. And... uh, they're very knowledgeable I mean that's uh, so you I think, think I got then,
4: do you think then it, the SEC obviously we're not we're not looking at the verify but you think the SC the 30-day uh, the SEC yield on the SHY is, is higher than what we're, we're showing uh, for the I'm sure it is funds. yeah yeah great yeah.
3: yeah. right. okay
4: yeah. that yeah. helps explain it that that makes a little a little more sense then to me thank
3: you bill Yep. so oh, no problem and just so you know I I use a fund that uh, fidelity manages Fidelity is actually the largest fixed income manager on the planet, and the reason that that is so important is because when uh, you are buying bonds, if you're buying them, you get discounts, you get bulk discounts, not so much in in government, but uh, corporate bonds. So if you want a plus or A rated or AAA rated bonds. I would, I would learn how to navigate Fidelity's website because you'll get deals that, there that are better than you're most likely to get from most other brokerage firms or financial institutions.
4: Yeah, I have. And, uh, I have. Uh, I have the account with Fidelity, and I and I did go out to individual bonds. I was looking at them. I'll tell you what though; those corporate the spreads on the corporates right now, investment grade, it it doesn't seem like it's worth it. I mean, I, I'm having a hard time getting a, I mean, a 6% on something that's not a regional bank for a six-month yield, right. and, and, and it's right. barely above junk status. It's at the lowest rung of investment grade. And I, said, yeah. I said, five yeah, five and a half, yeah, five and a half on a guaranteed treasury, you're only going to give me a half a percent more for, for a corporate yeah. like that?
3: Right, yeah. And uh, w- what's really wild is you literally will have to call their trading desk because the stuff that they put up online for the uh, general public is the stuff that they are absolutely positively they can get rid of if they need to. So it's okay. not necessarily the, the best that they have. You're better off talking to somebody. Okay. And I uh, ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we negotiate all the time on behalf of our client. You know. And, you can uh, negotiate
4: they, with them on buying a bond?
3: Oh, yeah. Yep.
4: Oh, yeah. wow. Bill, Bill you give, you've been a wealth of information this morning. I don't want to keep you, because I know you got a, a show to, to do here. I just want to say thank you so much. Oh,
3: no, thanks for calling. I appreciate you listening, too. I always do. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You, too. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. I just uh, lost my place there. <laughs> what was I talking about? The, um... Oh. Well, I'll just... Oh, you know what? I have an article that I sent out of my newsletter this week, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it was from Adam Starhan, and uh, he wrote it August 17th, so it's like not even two weeks old yet. And the article was titled, Timeless Advice from Ben Franklin That Can Help Investors Succeed. And uh, I thought it was, I thought this is an excellent article. It goes on to say, uh, people... <laughs> People are creatures of habit. The timeless quote from Benjamin Franklin is very powerful in all areas of life, especially in the stock market. And this was the quote from Benjamin Franklin: "Your net worth is your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones." That guy was really smart. (laughs) I mean, this is—they had you know what the technology was like back then. But um, he was actually very wealthy, incidentally. Um, and the headline goes, good habits minus bad habits equals net worth. Most unsuccess- unsuccessful people are not aware of their habits, and they just go through life on autopilot. Now, notice he said most unsuccessful people are not aware of their habits. Yeah, the successful ones typically are. And uh, they, they take a look at what they're doing and try to analyze you know, what they're spending. Uh, how they're going to be investing. And uh, so I thought that's very good for him to point that out. And he goes on to say that that's one big reason why most people do not excel in life. On the other hand, successful people consciously go out of their way to build good habits. Okay. By the way, you kind of have to... That's very subjective. Good habits, bad habits. Good habits would be something like saving money in this case. Uh, Good habits would be something like um, investigating like the uh, this previous caller, those were good questions. I was very yeah, glad he called this morning. Anyway, the article goes on to investing is like flying a plane, and I could not agree more. Uh, he says, over the long term, the stock market has an upward bias. Yep, now it could be super long term. I mean, there are multiple ten-year time periods where the returns were negative. So you got to have thick skin to get through that. And he goes on to say, however, in the short term, markets can be volatile, extremely volatile. He didn't say that. That's mine. (laughs) For most prudent investors, not someone who makes extremely risky investments, financial markets can can be comparable to flying a plane. Turbulence may be inevitable, but with persistence, you can achieve your goal. And hallelujah. Yeah, this guy thinks exactly like I think, which I think is. Kind of cool. Anyway, number one, here's the, uh, the first habit. Invest for the long term. One powerful, powerful habit most successful investors share is they are patient and invest for the long term. People are programmed for instant gratification. Investing, however, requires patience. That's one reason why most people don't win on Wall Street. Investing for the long term is counterintuitive because it requires people to build a different skill equals delayed gratification. You ever seen a chart of say the S&P 500 there are time periods I mean like I was talking about a little bit earlier it it's been 2 years the market is actually back to where it was 2 years ago after being higher and then ex- after being uh, significantly lower and uh, when you come to my office if you if you decide to to come in and pick me up on my offer of uh, free conversation, you get, a, you get an hour for nothing. And I'll show you this. Uh, that's one of my biggest, best tools. I've had it forever. Uh, it's called TC2000. And uh, it shows you what stocks have done, which individual stocks have done. And I've only got about 40 seconds here before I have to take a commercial break. So we're going to continue this conversation right after these commercial messages. It's Bill Billington right here on 1420. I will be back shortly.
2: to a city I cannot see
3: Through the depths
2: of
5: Hey friends, what you doing for lunch today? Brown bagging in the break room? That's okay, but can I make you a better offer? How about joining the herd and heading to Harry Buffalo on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead? Have you seen the menu at Harry Buffalo? Oh my, an incredible assortment of mouth-watering options. Sandwiches, wings, bowls, salads, tacos, pizza, and the Burger Bonanza. The best burger menu in Northeast Ohio, especially if you make it a bison burger. And if you can't get out for lunch, then stop by for the Harry Buffalo Happy Hour with great food and drink specials every day. And who wants to cook tonight anyway? Stop out for dinner and indulge in an amazing selection of entrees. My favorites, the Lake Erie Perch and the chicken parm is to die for. And remember this, if you go to harrybuffalo.com and join the herd as a subscriber, you'll get a free appetizer along with all the latest buff news and specials sent directly to you for your next visit. So remember, whether it's lunchtime or dinnertime or happy hour time, It's always a great time when it's Harry Buffalo time on Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmsted. From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today.
2: Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out
1: the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation.
3: Welcome back. Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, if you have a question, you can call us 216-901-0945. The, um, uh, yeah, go to my website if you have a question that you'd like to ask through email, or you can just leave your phone number and ask me to call you back. and Or you can just call us, 330-664-0700. That's the number. I want to take a real quick minute to give a shout-out to the Cleveland Grays. It's an armory museum. Uh, it's right – it's 1234 Boulevard, one street behind – oh, I can't remember. Uh, very close. <laughs> it's close to the baseball stadium. In fact, a lot of people use their parking lot to, to go to games. And uh, anyway, they're having an event, and it's going to be called Tying the Knot – a History of Western Wedding Fashion. By the way, this place is big. If you've never been there, it's, it's kind of neat. The, uh, so, this is going to be presented by Patty Edmondson. Uh, let's see, it's going to be Sunday, October 1st at 1 p.m. And there's a tea, light fair, lecture, raffles, and more. Uh, so, part of the money goes... Well, Actually, they'll, uh, you'll be able to participate in raffles. They normally have pretty cool stuff. And to get in is 50 bucks. And again, this is how they raise money to keep that building intact. And it's in really good shape, by the way. It is mind-boggling. When you go in there and you realize that building was built in the last part of the 1800s and all the cabinetry in there was done by hand. It's mind-boggling. Uh, John Philip Sousa, the big director, a famous orchestra director, had actually conducted there uh, a few times. They've got this gigantic organ that you can see. They won't be playing it then, um, but you can at least see it. And it's just a lot of fun. So it's not a lot of money. The money goes to help keep the museum open. And uh, if you'd like more information on that, again, just go to my website. Uh, there's also... If you go to the Cleveland Grays website, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can find it there. I haven't checked this morning. Probably shouldn't have said that before. I knew absolutely, but if you go there and you can't find it, you can just reach out to me and I can send you the information on it. But so, um, hey, the last was that was a uh, great call. I appreciate uh, people that are listening like that and uh, you know, have listened for a very long time. That that. Uh, Actually, you've got more guts than I do and more perseverance. Um, I can't stand the sound of my own voice, <laughs> but uh, I do try to give good information out and stuff that you won't find on CNBC or in a 60-second commercial about an investment But uh, because it, it's important. I mean, it's really important. Uh, a gentleman was talking about the, the yield on a fund, and uh, so I looked it up. The trailing yield that was published uh, as of Friday or Thursday, rather, was 2.47%. That's the 12 month trailing yield. Now, that is going to turn an awful lot of people off. They're going to look at that and say only 2.47%. But see, that's what it paid in the last 12 months. And 12 months ago, interest rates were significantly lower than they are today. So if you look at the uh, average yield to maturity of the bonds they're holding right now. That's one of the numbers you want to take a look at. It's 5.07%. That's average yield to maturity. Now, that's If everything was frozen and it was held until it all matured, that's what you'd get. Okay. But we also know that bonds are going to be, they're being purchased and they're being sold because a little bit each day is, uh, are coming due. And they'll take those the money from the ones that are coming due and reinvest them. The 30-day SEC yield best reflects that. Okay? So the 30-day SEC yield, and that's my favorite number. That's the number I like to look at. If you were to try to compare this to a, um, um, I don't know, BDs or whatnot over the past year, this is the number that I would, I would use. And it's currently what you would get if everything's, if it froze and it stayed the same, that's basically what you'd get um, after all premiums and whatnot. So there's 4.88% on the 30-day SEC yield. And, and again, that's a, a super short-term bond fund. Um, the one I use uh, is actually not from BlackRock. It's, uh, it's actually a Fidelity fund. And they have a little bit more leeway. So they can buy these uh, or they can invest in these certificates or securities that are super short term from banks uh, and they take precedence over even over their senior debt a lot of times. So if anything happened, these companies would uh, pay these notes off before they pay a lot of the other bondholders or debt holders. And uh, its yield is slightly higher than that because it, the the that I'm I was talking about we were talking about earlier is the uh, all Treasury bond and Treasuries uh, are great but the you know they don't pay as much because unless the federal government forgets that they own their own printing presses <laughs> then. The, They're going to pay those bonds off, even if they just have to print the money. And I hope that's never true, by the way. I've been joking about that for years. And um, if that ever were true, that that would be rough. That would be because inflation is gigantic. I mean, the highest we've ever seen, the highest we've ever experienced in this country. So I think the likelihood is probably pretty low that that would happen. And thank goodness. but. Anyway, I just lost my uh, train of thought there. I do that a lot. Um, So the, let's see here. Yes, I was talking about uh, Ben Franklin and and the good habits minus bad habits equals net worth. Investing is like flying a plane. That is a really good uh, comparison, flying a plane. I wanted to be a pilot so badly and didn't have the money to pay for flight school Went to college hoping that I would. Uh, I took a football scholarship. I didn't wouldn't have the money to pay either. So um, I got scholarship, got all the way through, got my bachelor's degree, got an assignment in the Marine Corps, and as and I got an aviator slot. Okay. I had no flight experience. The only flight experience, well, other than riding, you know, commercial jet, uh, going back and forth to see my family or whatnot but the uh, uh very little flight experience at all a uh captain from the Marine Corps was traveling through and and they have a tendency to stop at certain places uh along the road when they're and it's part of their job to go and promote you know what they do so this guy was an a six pilot and uh and uh fought in uh all the Iran conflict and flown in that in uh Later on, by the way, but uh, he'd, uh, yeah, he was actually, after we were having some trouble in the Middle East. And so he saw active duty in these planes. And the A6, for those of you that, that don't know, is not all that fast and it's not all that maneuverable relative to a lot of the other jets that were available at the time. So uh, you got to have a lot of guts to do that. But that's the bottom line. Anyway, this guy gave me uh, a glowing recommendation. And uh, I'm not sure why. I think he's just like me and, it could have had something to do with the fact that we were flying and he let me take the stick and, uh, all of a sudden a big gust of wind comes and blows the plane up at about a 45 degree angle sideways. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I just thought I knew. And so I straightened the plane out before he could get back to his stick. And, uh, he looked at me and went, wow, <laughs> man, you're a natural. So I got the, aviator slot. Long story short, I had a uh, my appendix removed two days before I had to show up in Quantico. And uh, so I got booted from the officer candidate program. It took me like two years to get in there. And uh, the bottom line is that, that that was the only real where I got to fly the plane the experience I've ever had. And I can tell you, uh, it was nothing like I thought it was. But it is really similar to the stock market. You'll be going along, just smooth, and all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere, but gust of wind, <laughs> especially when you're in a small plane. But if you're in a big plane, I mean, you got to fly through, you know, a storm all of a sudden develops and then in your path and you got to go through it. It's a, a very similar, very similar to the stock market flying a plane. Uh, they do have an upward bias. In the short term, the markets are going to be really volatile. Yeah. Uh, if you, um, unless you're making super aggressive investment, you're still going to get a lot of volatility. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, stock markets have done better than other types of investments over time, but because they fluctuate so much and they can take a long time to recover, you really need to, a diversify, not just in your stock holding, but you should probably be getting some of the money and locking away uh, fixed income, whether it's CDs, the government bonds, like we were talking about uh, to this uh, earlier in the show with the color, uh, or if that's this is where the fixed index annuities come in. Uh, and the reason I like the fixed index, I don't expect the index portion to ever outperform the fixed portion, but because the insurance companies can make a little bit more money on that, uh, not only for you, but for themselves as well, they're typically willing to pay a little bit more in interest. So the interest is higher on a fixed index annuity than it is on a regular annuity in a lot of cases. Not all of them, and this stuff changes constantly. It's not nearly as fast as the stock market is, but right now a lot of your fixed indexed fixed or uh, the guaranteed rates are higher than on the regular fixed rate. That's why that's been my favorite uh, fixed annuity product now for the past three or four years. And uh, so, if you want to know what those are, what the rates are, you know, when we come back from the next commercial break, I'll have the. Uh, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples of what you might be able to generate in income. The other thing I really like about it, which is unique to the insurance products, they can actually give you a schedule of, of invested or returns that the insurance company will guarantee. Now, so you don't have to worry about the prices fluctuating on that. Uh, if by some stroke of good luck, the investment underlying investments happen to perform better than the guarantee, well, they'll ratchet you up to that number. I wouldn't hold my breath. I think the guaranteed numbers are going to be incredibly difficult to, to match. Okay. So uh, anyway, we'll come back to that after my uh, next commercial break. And I thought, oh, by the way, the rules that he wrote were invest for the long term. Yes, you definitely have to be in long term if you're going to invest in stocks or stock funds. And by the way, I am a huge fan of the ETF industry. When I left to start Bullington Capital, there were only 12. There were 12 ETFs. That was it. And uh, I thought that was pretty good because they had all the major categories. But the, uh, um, I mean, the super major. But now there are literally... More exchange traded funds than there are publicly traded stocks on the New York Stock Exchange. (laughs) That is the, uh, that's pretty wild to to say that it's been popular is a gross understatement. Uh, The thing is, it's given people, an awful lot of people, a false sense of confidence as they look up the performance and they go, oh, yeah, I got this. And well, it helps a lot to not get upset. If you know how those stocks are being selected and how they're being managed, and they don't tell you that, I mean, you have to dig deep to find that. That's normally in the prospectus, which is only a few hundred pages, by the way, and it's small type, not large type, but you can find it in there. If, if you look hard enough, you'll find out what the uh, uh, man, how the, the fund's actually being managed. And if you look really hard, you can actually you can go to Edgar online. That's the SEC's. Um, I don't know what they call it. I guess it's their Google for financial documents that funds and publicly traded companies have to file with them. So you can file. You can find out what their holdings were uh, at the last time they had to file it, which is uh, a good thing to do if, if you really want to get yourself comfortable with the in, uh, investing portion and. By the way, I think they should probably start teaching this to kids when they're about 12, you know, because the kids, they, they're not that afraid. And they, they know enough by that point in time in their young lives to be able to do almost all the calculations. They're probably not going to do this kind of cash flow calculation. for them. And by the way, those don't work that well anyway. <laughs> so, uh, But they've got the percentages down pretty good by the time they're 12 in school. And uh, if you know that pretty well, um, the rest of this stuff just needs a little bit of explanation. But uh, so, long story short, there are hundreds of viable options that are good options, but you still have to understand them. And uh, the, the most common mistakes I see people making is A, underestimating the volatility of the market in general. Most people don't realize how Volatile the market is. And it's great when it's going up. Everybody's brave. And there's uh, this guy, Luka Doncic. <laughs> he's a basketball player. And on YouTube, uh, he's talking about, uh, he's making a comment. I guess he was getting some uh, feedback that wasn't all that positive in one of the basketball series that they were playing. And uh, he was, uh, uh, he said something about, it. Everybody was, you know, uh, brave when they were ahead, when they were leading, you know, in the series. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. He's got, a, he, he's got a kind of funny accent. That's what made it funny. So if you want to go to uh, YouTube, type doing Luka Doncic and uh, remarks on playoff games. But uh, that's how I feel or how I see a lot of people They get really sure of themselves And of the markets, when the markets are going well, and when you get a period like the one we're going through now, where it's still below its all-time high, and it's actually at a price level that it was at two years ago, people are not as sure. They're not as, uh, uh, I don't know, confident. And that's just normal. Uh, Both things are normal. It's normal for stocks to behave that way, and it's normal for people to be fearful. So, it takes a lot of discipline to to be able to be a successful stock market investor. I mean, a lot. And everybody, when in the, when the market's up, I'm telling you, nine out of ten investors are overestimating their ability to take risk. They're overestimating, and despite the fact that I have this, I have the simplest risk tolerance calculator that's ever been known. Now it's being copied because. Some of the big boys have probably listened to my show once. I'm <laughs> no, kidding. The, uh, but I've been using this my entire career, and here, here's what you need to know. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, I just got the message. I got to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> this is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'll be back with that information right after these messages.
2: first ride along was with Jamal, even before I was hired. They wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward, and it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland and I just wasn't happy with the corporate style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign. That next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Wyatt Works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct
4: and consider it done at
1: WyattWorks.com.
0: License number
2: 30185.
1: Wallakadoodle.com. You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owners sold the property, making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time. According to the Wayside CEO, Terry Davis, the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon, so stay tuned. In the meantime, Terry and the entire team at The Wayside thank you for your continued support of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in The Wayside's care. And please take note, you can still support them by making a donation at thewayside.org.
3: Well, welcome back. Hey, if you hear something that you like or you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website, bollingtoncapital.com. Um, I'll be glad to try to help you out any way I can. Uh, if you wanted to set up a meeting to talk about your own financial situation, uh, we can do it on the phone or in person. There's no charge for that initial meeting. And uh, um, Other than that, I think I'll get back to kind of what we were talking about. Uh, and I really, really liked this uh, the newsletter that I sent out um, because not because of anything that I did. They make suggestions, and the suggestions are actually I thought they were pretty good. I thought they did a good job this week. You now, one of the articles taking this stress out of financial planning, and there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, is pretty um, standard. But uh, uh, one of the things that I liked was that it was encouraging people to not get overwhelmed by trying to get too heavy into the details. There are so many things you could spend your time thinking about and doing. Reality is you've got a certain amount of income. and If you're like me, you're a business owner, you know that fluctuates quite a bit. So I just pick a number that I'm pretty confident that I can hit, um, that I'm going to be uh, that I'm going to build my budget around, and uh, so that's the first thing. If you have a, if you've got a regular job where you're on a salary, great. That's, that's a little more predictable. All you have to do is estimate what your expenses are going to be, and uh, not that easy to do. Uh, start with the major expenses, and uh, the ones that are are also uh, you're obligated to make, car payments, you know, uh, loan repayments. Take all that stuff out, see if you have anything left over. A lot of times people are surprised that, you know, I don't really have a lot left over at the end of the month, and especially the younger people. Uh, so when you get older, that's typically not quite as much of a problem, but the, uh, the younger people have a tough time. And it, it's not uh, rocket science, but it can be a little overwhelming, and it does help sometimes if you talk to somebody about it uh somebody If you fill out a, we have a budget worksheet. If you want one, you can just call us uh, or email us. I'll send it to you. You fill it out, and, and it really helps get organized. And uh, that's something that um, a financial advisor really shouldn't do for their clients, in my opinion. Can work with them on it, but you shouldn't do it for them um, because it's not going to mean much to that person unless they've had to sit down and, and think about the answers themselves instead of just answering questions and uh, say, okay, well, you know, now what? Uh, so th- this is something where you kind of have to put a little bit of thought into it. It doesn't have to be tremendous, but you should put some thought into it. And uh, uh, the bottom line is, you, uh, you know, if you want to see what that budget sheet looks like, I like it. I think it's one of the simpler but also more complete. Uh, budget worksheets I've seen, and uh, having gone from that. So, yeah, just email me if you want a, a copy of that. And one of the articles that we sent out this week was about how Social, how social Security benefits could shrink in 10 years and then how to plan for that. Now, yeah, I'm going to part ways. I, I put this, I okayed this article to go out because I know people are seeing these, and they seem all the time. Social Security is going, it's running out of money, you know, or it's going to be underfunded in X number of years. Well, let me tell you something. Social Security, when they started it, had zero funding. There was no trust fund. (laughs) It was something that they put into place and said, you know what, we're just going to borrow the money and pay this out. We'll collect the money in taxes later. And that's what they did. And thank goodness that that's what they did. Uh, Because it's been a lifesaver for a ton of people in this country. And uh, the article goes on to say that, oh, yeah, the trust fund runs dry in 2033, uh, which is projected to do if no action is taken. So here's kind of what will happen. There's that uh, they're just going to raise the taxes or the level that you have to pay taxes on. Uh, and if they increased by say 1% or so the amount of the tax that they collected and they it, it's really easy by the way <clears throat> these articles i think are there because you know when you're publishing an article now and you publish it online in a publication the article the people that re- write the article and publish the article they get paid oftentimes by the number of times that that article even gets viewed so you're being watched um, when you go to the article and you read the article that that's that information is being tracked and the people have the people that wrote the article or the publishers or the advertisers they all pay based on how many people actually stopped and spent any time reading the article that's one of the uh, things that, that makes it really hard on people today because, you know, when you, whenever I see an article, I'm going to go check it out in three or four different spots to try to find out, okay, is this something that somebody wrote just to get the clicks, just to get the views so they can generate revenue, or mm-hmm. is this really good information? So, and that's one of the quandaries of modern day. Um, we just have to do those sorts of things, and, and it, it's kind of hard. I mean, uh, I I don't envy younger people coming up through the system. It takes a long time to figure out, you know, who's telling the truth, and, and sometimes those people um, retire, <laughs> or the and the rules change quite a bit too. And that that's another thing. Keeping up with this kind of stuff is it, it's a job. So. Anyway, if you'd like help with that job, if you have questions on your own personal financial situation, I'd be glad to try to help you the best way I can. Uh, I'll always tell you what I think I can do, and I will tell you when I, you know, when there's something there that I don't think I can do, and, um, and we'll just take it from there. But uh, let's see. Well, uh, oh, there was a, an article there too. I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, how to prepare for your phone and other tech. Natural disaster um, and other tech for a natural disaster. Sorry about that. And it's just some of it's kind of common sense, but uh, there are services that I was not really aware of. That if you have an iPhone, you can actually set up a medical ID and an SOS via satellite. I thought that was interesting. the yeah, I wonder how much information you got to give up for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The uh, actually, there is no. Such thing as privacy anymore. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they've been watching <laughs> everything we've been doing since the uh, 1960s when they started the internet. Anybody that got on the internet is the uh, it was ARPANET, I think it was called back then. But uh, anyway, you know what? I just remembered. I told everybody I would talk about individual stocks, and I've only got a few minutes left, so. I want to talk about them uh, just over the next couple of minutes, and this is what I do when, with individual stocks, and these are stocks that are trending higher at the moment, and their valuations are not that high. Okay, so valuations what I mean by that. I like to use price-to-sales ratio. So if I see a stock's got a uh, uh, good price-to-sales ratio, and that's relative to the industry that they're in, by the way. There's not, there's not a hard and fast rule like people would like to see, like a P.E. ratio. Oh, P.E. is good. Oh, yeah, until you realize that they had no competition and their profit margins used to be 25%, and now they're going to be five because five major manufacturers are adding, entering that marketplace and going to cut their profit margins down. So a low price to earnings ratio when the earnings disappear turns to a really high <laughs> Based on earnings ratio. So I like to use price to sales. um, And it's just, there's no magic formula here, guys. Yeah, but when you see certain patterns that repeat themselves over time uh, and the valuations are good, that's basically what we're talking about. And I can't wait to get to be able to do another seminar and we can kind of go through this. Because I know there are a lot of people out here that love individual stocks. And uh, I don't love them anymore. I mean, I still invest in them. Uh, and I'm probably going to buy this one. Uh, it's Groupon. Uh, and I know Groupon's had a really tough time. That stock in 2018 was at 114 bucks. Well, it's at 1299 today. In 2020, it was actually below the price it is today and went up to 65 or a little over 65 And from there, it's, just, uh, it's been a downward projectile. It, it kind of bottomed out here. It looks like it bottomed out. Around three dollars and twenty cents, can you imagine that? yeah, that's it just, just the way stocks are anymore anyway there are, are quite a few on this list, and some of them have good valuations and their charts look good so i just uh I feel bad that I didn't have more time to talk about that or the fixed index annuities. I think the rates on the fixed index annuities right now, depending on your age, somewhere they start at the sixes and then go up but uh if you want more information on that, please feel free to reach out to me either by phone or text or, or not text, but email. And uh, appreciate everybody listening this weekend and uh, people calling in with questions. And uh, feel free to call in anytime. This is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, right here in 1420. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. The preceding program's
0: views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM1420, The Answer, or Salem Media Group.